Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cloud-Based Mayhem. Got another special walk and fly down memory lane with Aaron Derigati for you today. There's some incredible storytelling here. You're going to love it. Uh, Aaron and I just wrapped up the Super Final down in Mexico and sat down uh, before the awards and before his flight home to uh, talk X-Alps. Wind it back to his first in 2013 where he had Kriegel in the sights for a little while. And then uh, and we go up through all of his campaigns through the last one in 2021 and talk about his preparation and what's going on for his next one in 2023. As you can hear the bells in the background, we recorded this sitting next to one another in his apartment last night. And uh, there is, we're in Mexico, there's music. So a little bit of background noise, but I think it's, it's pretty good. It won't be too bad. Miles always does this wonderful job of cleaning things up. So, yeah, enjoy these crazy stories. There's a lot of them. Pretty, pretty, pretty entertaining stuff. And uh, yeah, don't try this at home. Cheers. Aaron, uh, neither one of us really crushed the super final, but it's nice to see you here in Mexico. Yeah, nice to see you too. Uh... As I told you before, uh, this super final was uh, not so good for me. Uh, and after uh, today bombed out, I was really, really sad. And then I went for a hike and fly. And and then during the hiking, I was pushing. And then when I was flying, I realized, okay, you don't have to be sad because uh, you can't be like uh, middle or so, so good. You are either good or really, really bad. And <laughs> This time I was really, really bad. So, <laughs> well, it's always it. no one else can say they've won it twice. And what you twice win, win, and then yeah, a fourth, I was uh, twice first, uh, one second, uh, two times twice uh, fourth, Jeez. one time six, and then one hundred. And this time I think about eighty or sixty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing with you, man. Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> but well, anyway, it's sad. When when it comes the the low, it's it's ugly. <laughs> it's ugly. Yeah. There's always a point in these competitions where I think, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I even here? Why am I wasting my time? Yeah. <laughs> and then you yeah. win, and you're like, yes, this is the best thing ever. I <laughs> yeah, want. No- yeah. I want to do nothing but this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like this. Yeah. It's uh, it's like life. It has its ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. It is. So uh, I got to see you maybe at least. That we, we talked about this, but we haven't talked about it on the podcast. I got to see you at the X Red Rocks coming off Pakistan and the Dolomiti and some phenomenal results this year. It, in my view, you're stronger than you've ever been. Um, I don't know physically, but you just seem like you're you're really uh, at a prime point. Maybe not at the super final, but uh, you're going into uh, your sixth X Alps. I think I have that right. And you're, uh, you're, you've talked before that the X-Ops has always been the one that you really haven't totally cracked the code. Now, an outside perspective, you've done really well, but you know, for sure you're the kind of guy that wants to win. Um, and we're going to kind of rewind the clock. And as we've done with a few others now, I'm calling it a, a, a walk and fly down memory lane in the X-Ops. So take us back to 2013, your first. Had you... How long had you been with Red Bull at that point? It was just a year I entered in Red Bull. Okay, okay. And it was the year I won the first Super Final yeah. in um, 
Rodanilo in, in Colombia. Yeah. And uh, so I went into the race uh, without having much experience in hike and fly race, but I was already uh, physically quite strong. Yeah. Um, flying wise, uh, I was for sure good, but definitely the hike and fly competition was something new for me. In a way, I le- I feel a little bit the pressure of doing good because you know you come from being the World Cup winner and you go on the X Alps. Um, yeah, in the end, I didn't do bad because I managed. Uh, to reach Monaco and be, I think, seventh in, in seventh position. Uh, but I learned super a lot in that X Alps. Uh, at the time was Renata, yeah, my supporter, uh, which is basically my wife, and a very good friend of my Ondra, yep. which is now racing this yeah, year. Yeah, that's gonna be great. And uh, yeah, we was completely lost. <laughs> we was really lost and uh, it was at the time still uh, uh, the time with no really uh, good phone, smartphone. So the navigation was totally different. It yeah. was still on, on maps. Yeah. So we navigate on maps and uh, yeah, f- it was it was probably the most adventure X-Alps I did. Since the 2013, it becomes for me more professional, more knowing what's going on, what yeah. you can do better. And actually, I had really up and down in this race as I'm usually having on the X Alps. You know, I I remember uh, not the butt in, but the I watched that one. I was glued to it, so I was starting to think maybe 2015. And the first day, uh, you and Kriegel flew so fast. I mean, that was the where I think the whole world went. This guy can get him. And then he had that move off the Zugspitz. And it was- no, it was before Zugspitz. Basically, we took off. Um, he took off a little bit in front of Mai, and we fly the uh, Pinska Valley, which is kind of highway. And I was Man, flying crushing. good. I was flying quite fast. But then when it came to cross the Innsbruck Valley, going to the Carventel, basically Kriegel managed uh, to be like a... I guess it was like a 20, 30 minutes in front of my, and that just make the race that because the race. Uh, I had to land. I mean, I remember really like it was one minute ago. I had a blitz from a thunderstorm, maybe a couple of hundred meter next to me Ooh. while flying. Yeah, and then okay, I say okay, fuck it. Now I have to land, <laughs> <laughs> and Kriegel just went through this mortar before me so probably wasn't that ugly mm. but for sure it was not also pretty. <laughs> pretty yeah and yeah and then basically he was again one day in front of us and was doing another race and he made that Zugspitz move the next morning remember he did that 30k no, wasn't it off the, uh no the basically he was on the Zugspitz uh, that evening did he, he take was, off the morning though I don't remember if he took off in the morning or in the night, but anyway, we was in Innsbruck yeah. because then I was there as first, but stuck and the other games and yeah. from there on you can go. So the pack get closer. Then I remember I was, uh, yeah, it was super cool. I I did a Zugspitze by by hiking with Tommy, with yeah. Coconea. Yeah. And we arrive on top and we was, I mean, we was walking in the snow till the hips and it was, we was totally destroyed. 
and uh, we arrive up and we eat like uh, uh, French fries and Wiener Schnitzel and all these things <laughs> until it was raining as well. And then I say, okay, fuck it. I, I will not walking down the Zugspitze, so I'm going to fly whatever the weather is. And it was at least not a thunderstorm, but it was heavily raining. And so I say, uh, at the time I was flying boomerang and I tested, I was the test pilot of that glider. I know it's flying also by wet and rain. So I took off and I remember while flying, I was totally wet, totally wet. It was like to be down a shower. <laughs> and then I point like one ski slope on the direction I want to fly. And I say to myself, okay, don't touch the brake, don't touch nothing, just go on the full bar till one meter on the ground and then you release, you're you are done. And like this, it went. So I land safe on a like one third of a ski slope and next by was a hut. So I was totally wet, the glider was wet, everything was wet. And I went into this hut, which was closed, but the owner was there and he opened me and uh, and... And I say, yeah, can I please dry my stuff? And he said, what the, f wh <laughs> what why are you doing? are flying, what you are doing? <laughs> and I remember he helped me to uh, upside down the glider and take out the water. I had liters of water in the glider. Jeez. And yeah, and then when I walk up and then stop rain and I did one more glide. And and then the next day I did a super move. Uh, yeah. I was the only one making Ortler yep. by flying. And I was in second position again and like feeling good. I did really good uh, flight and a strong day. And and then again, the down. The, the day after I broke my glider and I, I was, yeah, I was second in the morning and in the evening I was 12 oh. and like, kind of 80, 90 kilometer behind the second. So like Payback. really, <laughs> really bad. And then took and, the, my first night pass. And remind us of the weather because the that was the year Kriegel did it in like six days. It was, it, he kind of got out in front of, you guys got yeah. douched. With yeah, it was like, uh, like so-so X-Alps. It was not super good, not super bad for, okay. yeah. for the pack. Yeah. And then basically, I remember I also took the night pass in Swiss and uh, this, I, I walked the whole night, really the whole night. And the funny story of it, it was that I was uh, hiking on the Alpen Pass above Decentis. Yeah. And uh, it was like two, three in the morning and I was doing everything by my own. I was working alone because uh, at the time I didn't have someone working with me. So. Yeah. I was walking and I was super tired and and then I start to see down in the valley some, I don't know, some guys was there with some fire. And then in my brain, like this fire to walk, I don't know how it calls in English. Um, and then basically in my brain, I don't know why I was so tired. I start to think those guys should be some satanic clip. <laughs> 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 and, and then <laughs> I was super scared. <laughs> Even <laughs> I was super tired. I start to run <laughs> like at two or three in the morning. But what the fuck doing Swiss people around with fire in the night? I was super, <laughs> super, super scary. <laughs> and then, 
and then it goes on and on and uh and then i think two days after i did the biggest flight on of the of my x-alps i think i did a 240 kilometer flight that. yeah and and that flight was really amazing because i was super tired and i remember very well that by crossing um verbier i was falling asleep like the the old time and like i really tried to kick myself and shout to to be awake and the old transition but i managed to keep awake and once i managed to get on a face it was like i don't know any name but it was a big mountain rocky face so i was suspecting strong thermal i enter in the thermal and i was quite close to the to the cliff like maximum 100 meter next to it then i fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> as you do <laughs> so yeah and then it goes on and on i was completely lost in south of french and then another funny things happened was the the day before i managed to get in the goal i was in the isola valley and it came a thunderstorm so I managed somehow to land backwards high up on 2000 meter on a mountain. And I'm thinking, okay, good. I'm going to wait here and we'll see. And I find a little hut uh, of... Uh, You're on the French side? Or the on Italian the French side, French okay. side of uh, Shepherds. And uh, I enter in this hut just to cover, I mean, to don't be down the rain and the thunderstorm. And I'm there chilling out. And, and then I start to hear like dogs. And I think, what the fuck? And then it came like three, four dogs, like uh, these uh, sheep dogs, super angry on me. And I was thinking, okay, they're going to eat me. They're going <laughs> to for sure eat me. And I was like basically on the inside the little hut, but it didn't have a door. And the dogs, they basically where the door should be. And they are barking on me, and I'm inside, and I'm just shaking. So and there's thinking, nobody there. It's not no, a real no hut. One it's there. just a house. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's like not even a house. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna eat me for sure. They're gonna eat me. Oh fuck! <laughs> and and then like for sure, this was like a couple of minutes situation, and then someone, I, I mean the shepherd came, and take out the dogs, and, and it was not a shepherd man, but it was an old woman, like. 70 plus maybe even 80 years old and uh, she take out the dogs and then we try to communicate me in italian and she in french and <laughs> and i was trying to explain that i came with a paraglider from austria and <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. so yeah that was 2013 how did you break your glider Basically, I I did my first flight, and it was like a fun fun day, and uh, it wasn't going so good. So I decided to land, but I was still high. Uh, I landed uh, two thirds of the mountain, uh, but it was really windy and gusty. I put down my glider, landed safe, but then I was close to a a fend. And then it comes a gas really strong and I wasn't able to 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 put down my glider. So it dragged me a little bit. It went over the fan and it was this fan with the iron spine. Oh. And 
and it just what, an avalanche vent. No, no, the one for for the cows. Oh man! Yeah, barbed wires. Yeah, yeah, and oh. then basically I had a huge hole and many little holes, uh, and then what I did, I think, yeah, I fly down in the fern with this broken glider in down the valley, and then with my supporter we kind of. Piece stick it together. together. Yeah. I didn't change the glider. I finished the X-Alps with that glider. Oof. Well, I think we used uh, meters of ripstop and yeah, and then I fly with it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> go. Yeah, okay. So that's some good highs and lows. <laughs> and that was, that was the, f no, what, what year did they start? It, you started at the, uh, you didn't start at the Dockstein. No, right? no. Started I started always from Salzburg. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But you made it that year and it's seventh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The first six Alps, I made it to the goal, yeah. Okay. 2015. Yeah, 2015. My first with you. Yeah. It was this super shitty day where we was together. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> was the low. Super hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terrible. I, I got to remind people. So, Aaron and I, we walked off the, the Kimsey. Yeah. And remember... Uh, Gaspard flew a couple hours later and flew over all our heads. You had a pretty good day still, but the, I had a wicked bad day that day. Holy smokes. But you and I, we, we, we got to our, we, we did that little flight across the river and we got with my supporters cause yours weren't around and, uh, you, you peeled the bottom of your feet off. It wasn't that day, but it was later, later in the race. Yeah. I saw some video where you, uh, literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you literally peeled the butt and it, but it was that day that screwed up our feet. Mine, yeah, mine yeah. were completely toasted from that day. Remember when you lost your, your Garmin thing? Yeah. When, yeah. We were climbing I lost up that the Garmin mountain. and it was no water, oh, super hot. Really hot. Yeah. Really hot. That was terrible. Okay. So that was that the low of that race? Yeah. That was the low and about 215, I think it was the excerpts with a lot of wind. A lot of wind. And I remember a kind of a high was like um, my flight from Chamonix. Yeah. Basically, from the, the Brenta. Day, you the were, day you were before, I, I, I pulled the night pass because I want to be in Chamonix the day after. But I managed to get on Chamonix by, by flying, basically. Yeah. And so I decided to don't use my night pass and I, I rest. Yeah. So in the morning, I hike up like the classical uh the brenta yeah the yeah. brevant yeah brevant um yeah, and i took off there and it was the next turn party it was ansi yeah and that was uh straightforward like i really like this area and i fly good make it to the to the turning point ansi and then i took off again and i remember the forecast was really wind but they say yeah maybe on the big big mountain it will be kind of okay, but it was not really okay. I mean, it was we was me, uh, Antoine, and Gaspar flying together. Yeah, and I remember we always like um, turn before uh, every phase and wait like flying backwards to get like the wave flying backwards over the peak and then turn again with the wind and go and on punch it. Yep. and we did this a couple of times and I remember I was on radio with my supporter which was on the Galibier and I asked how strong is the wind and they told me well it's so strong that you don't have even to think about landing just keep on flying till midnight because <laughs> <laughs> it's no way to land it's nuking. so anyway I passed the Galibier and at least, you know, when you are in the shit, if you are with someone else, it's, it feels better. And 
Anyway, we keep on going, keep on going. Just the ugliest thing I had maybe overall, it was that uh, on one of those big phase, I did like I was doing before. So I turned myself um, facing the wind, flying backwards and waiting to, to climb on the face. But I didn't climb basically. So I came closer and closer and closer and I was still not climbing. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm going to crash into the face. And so I'm there waiting and thinking what to do, what to do, what to do. And when I get really close to it, then I get the lift. But it was just enough to pull me over the the, the peak and then down to the other side. Jeez. And then I was in the lee side of this monster wind facing towards uh, Briançon and basically Italy. And I remember I was just saying to myself, I want to go in Italy. I want to go in Italy. Please, I want to survive. <laughs> and then after that, I call my, again my supporter, which by the way, they drive down towards Briançon and I say, please tell me, tell me how much is the wind I want to land. And they told me, no, no, no land. way, forget it. You, you're going to die. You want to kill yourself if you try to land here. Stay in the air. And I say, but I don't want anymore. I really don't want. <laughs> Were you still with Antoine and, and Gaspard at that no, point? No, there we split out. Actually, it was Andra as well. Because at the time, yep. uh, the could supporter fly. could fly. And it was basically, we was four of us. It was Andra. I don't know where he took off. I, this I can't remember. But anyway, he was also in that shit. And he got like a super ugly collapse. Mm, not really close to me. I saw him kind of behind me. I don't remember well. And I was thinking, I remember that I was praying for him to survive it because it looks really, really ugly. I remember that story in Monaco. He was uh, really scared too. Yeah, yeah. Was, so, I mean, he's a wicked acro pilot. And, yeah. Yeah, you guys were battling. So, yeah, 215 was also tough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of my best memories from all the races was that year when we got to Monaco and we were all at the campground that night and my, my feet were so mangled that I had a bunch of beers and then I took a whole bunch of oxycodone. So I was really off my ass just, and, and listening, we were all sitting in that circle and just listen. And every single person had stories of, I had this really, I really thought I was going to die in VARS. I, I, I was, I didn't realize I was in, I didn't realize the position I was in and the valley winds were just nuking. And, and so I, I land, I top landed just to try to figure out what was going on. And, and I relaunched and it was kind of the time of the day where I didn't know if I should be the East or the West. And I went on the West side and I didn't, I was just completely hidden from the Valley winds where I was. It was nice and calm. And as soon as I got in the air and I kept and I would get up a little bit and get in the wind and just smack down and then push and smack down and push. And finally I got to the cold and I thought if I could just squeak through the cold to the, to the windward side, I can get out of here. And I didn't make it through. And my instrument later showed a 20 meter down. And, okay. and I, it, you know, when it's, when it's that strong down, you don't, you can't really steer. The, the glider wasn't collapsing, I, yeah. but I couldn't really steer. But the only thing I was trying to do was just point for one of those little snow making lakes so I could land in the lake and just survive. I thought it, my only chance is to land in the water. <laughs> and, and when I landed, it was just, oh, 
I, I couldn't believe I was alive. It was, just, and yeah. we were, so we were all telling these stories of of these near death experiences, and I thought, Jesus, this is really hardcore. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Was that year? Was that the year you got washed out of the air by the helicopter too? Nah, let me think. Or maybe it that was, was twenty thirteen. It was thirteen. Yeah, it was thirteen. The, yeah, the Red Bull helicopter. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also really ugly because. I got this collapse. I mean, they was in front of my, um, on the wind side, not super close, but it has to be like the turbulence of the helicopter because basically I was close to the, close to the ridge and from nothing, it was even quite calm air, like the glider completely disappear. And I make 100, 1360. And on the second one, I managed to stop. And with the second one, I will crash into the mountain. So that was, uh, yeah, that was sketchy. Ugh, okay. And I think that that was year. I was you on were... the, also on the gene, on the boomerang. Yeah. Okay. Which white one? And, the white and green. The first, we call it just boomerang. I mean, I think it was just calling boomerang. Okay. It was a white and green. And then in the two No, no, it was a three liner. Okay. At the time, it was the LM5 already. No, LM4. That's the ozone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the other guys were getting, was, yeah, was right. Flying. And didn't you have you had quite a good race at the end with those three those two guys, and then at the you 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 made some mistake that in two fifteen. Were you quite close to it? Gaspard and and Antoine at the end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Now I remember. Basically. Uh, we say, okay, we don't race till close to Monaco because we would just want to survive basically the Isola Valley, which doesn't have landing and whatever. So yeah. because we took off together and we say, okay, let's agree. We try to bring ourselves uh, in a safe place and then we keep on racing. Yeah. But I think quite soon it was it was a good day. And I wasn't pushing. I tried to stay with the other, but somehow I, I get in front, and um, yeah, and then and then I was quite in front. So I say, okay, well uh, now I'm pushing, and then I push, 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 and yeah, I landed 18 kilometer from the finish from Monaco, and I was thinking, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna be third. Yeah. Because it was Kriegel and uh, Se uh, Sebastian Huber. Yeah. And then it was the year that they make it by flying. Ah. Antoine and uh, Gaspar and Paul, and Paul, they all make it by flying. Ah, okay. And gotcha. I I get there by, by walking. Foot. Yeah, okay. Terrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Terrible. that's brutal. Yeah, and 18K down there is longer than 18K. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, really long. It's, uh, it's a nightmare. At least times four yeah it's a long ways and I, also I with the navigation engineer. we had at the time we was not so precise so for sure i did more than what it was necessary to do yeah 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 okay 2017 your knee yeah was, 17 it start okay with the prologue and then already on the first day i get problems on the knee so was that where the problems initiated or was it, were you having problems with your knee no, before? No, no, I never had problems 
till that first day of the X-Alps. Oh, On wow. the prologue, I didn't have nothing. I was running 1,000 vertical meter down, not feeling nothing. But, ah, that's right. That was the prologue we didn't fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. ran down. Yeah, yeah. And it got you and Benoit, a few others got yeah. pretty hurt. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, the point was that I start the race with the legs quite tired. Yeah. That's for sure. And then on the first day, I was doing, I think, a 90 case of, yeah, running and walking, running and walking. And yeah, then it started this day. crazy pain. And and till that day, I never had knee problems, but it's also not that that day it was I broke something it was basically my life till that day and that was the drop too much and then basically I was not able to walk anymore so it was really interesting because I keep on race another four days yeah. I think and by know that I can't walk at all I, I mean even just hiking up the mountain takes me like three, four hours for thousand vertical meter. I was really in pain. But then in the air, I was flying really good. And I was still like on the top five yeah. till, uh, till then I had to quit the race. And I had to quit the race because um, I did everything good, but then I had to walk. I really had because it was this turning point in um, uh, Kimse. Yeah. And I had to walk up one mountain and then I fly down from that mountain and by this hike I get more inflammation and then it came uh, also the physiotherapist which uh, it's working on the training center from Red Bull and he look at a bit of me and say look it doesn't make sense you you follow the race because some somehow you have also to walk even just a little bit but a little bit you will have to walk and and this, it's now too much. And so yeah. I quit the race. Yeah. And then uh, those knee problems stuck with you for a while. Yeah, yeah. It, that was exactly the, the drop, a little bit too much. But as I say, it was not that I broke myself on the X-Alps. I mean, I'm I'm a skier and I live, live my life fully. And even at the time I was 30, I had a knee already like uh, 70 years old, the yeah. man. And since that, uh, I was trying many, many things, actually everything uh, to get better. I had to change a lot in my life. I have to change uh, the training. I had to change uh, many things I like to do. I didn't do it for a while, like, of course, running. But even like on skiing, I had to be really careful. I couldn't jump any cliff anymore. Um, I stopped uh, going with the longboard, which I like a lot. Downhill, of course. Yeah. Uh, but then through the years, I kind of figured it out. And of course, a lot of help of good people, uh, specialists. And uh, now I kind of find my balance. So I don't have a perfect knee that I know now. But with exercise and physiotherapy and stretching and exercise and things, now I can make it work. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm happy now. Yeah, yeah, amazing that it came together. Because I remember there was at one point we had a talk and they they, they, were, they had said, you know, this this is you're done with this. Yeah, yeah that's that's a very <clears throat> um, interesting story because basically. Uh, that year from Red Bull, they sent they 
organize um, one of the most famous doctors in Austria for the knees, which surgery and take care about many workups here and and I got an appointment to him and uh, basically he watched my MRI and he watched not even five minutes on me on my knee a little bit and he asked me what I'm doing I say yeah I'm a professional athlete and exalps and I can fly and skiing and stuff and he say well I think that was it Uh, he did yeah he said really straight like he told me like that was it look for a look for another, another job really yeah yeah whoa I and he was, was the best one and he was one of the best yeah so yeah at the time I had a really big low yeah it was really hard to get uh, up again from this also because everything I like to do it was it was getting not possible to do anymore. Like I wasn't able even to compete on uh, normal paragliding competition because I was not able to push the speed bar anymore. <sighs> in the in the very bad period of this story, I was really in pain. I was like from a zero to 10, I was constantly on five to six. So all the it time. was all the time like, I couldn't walk uh, stairs and I mean, I could walk, but with pain and Oof. and I was in this loop of pain. It was tough. It was really tough. And I was actually thinking that, I mean, it was a, a very realistic option that I'm going to make a prothesis on the knee, which will mean, okay, it's over yeah. for for uh, being an athlete yeah right and and then yeah and then it was interesting because one of the doctor of the training center which is not specialist of knees he just say okay now let's give one more try we try to do um uh strength training and build up muscle even you are in pain you go through the pain they give me also some strong strong or middle strong painkiller to train And I did that for uh, three months. And really, I kind of, uh, my pain becomes the half. Really? And then, and then it was step by step. Like, I was still being between three, from zero to 10, about a three. And then it takes one more year to be on two, one to two. And now, yeah, now I'm mostly, basically since that, or after one year, I start to write every day. I really write every day what I do and how much pain I feel. Mm -hmm. So I can uh, look back and uh, and see, okay, this week I did so and so and so, this kind of stuff, and, and the pain increase, increase. So I know, okay, be careful. You have to take out these things or do less. And anyway, now in the last year, and that's for sure one of the reasons why the last hike and fly season was for me amazing. Um, first of all, from the result, but also from the feeling. I was mostly between zero to one. So it means I feel my knee, but it's it's not a handicap. Right. 
It's just mm-hmm. totally tolerable. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the videos you've posted uh, training in your in your garage. I think it's your garage. Yeah. And it's it's the same stuff that Ben – I mean, I, I had knee pain for 20-something years. I've had nine knee surgeries, and I have no cartilage in either knee. And, and he – when I – decided I wanted to do the 2015 race. That was the biggest thing. I, I could I could barely walk off a curb. Sometimes I would walk off and it'd be fine. And sometimes I'd walk off and it would do this weird thing and it'd seize up and it was really painful. And he trained all the pain. I haven't had any pain since the first race because it was all, it was the same stuff you're doing. It's all the strength training and mobility and stretching and rolling all the time. I spend so much time doing that. And it was, I, the strength training seemed to just solve it. Yeah, yeah. It, it can I compensate think, for I all think... the joints. Everything I did, it helps a little bit, but uh, because I have been also in the U.S., I get the uh, injection there. Um, I have been doing probably something like 50 plasma infiltration in my knee, where normal people does three in them live. Okay. Uh, I did about 50 probably. What is, uh, it? What is that? Uh, they take your blood. Okay. They... Uh, oh, centrifugal, the yeah. centrifugal. Or yeah, yeah okay. that's, and then it this blood split between plasma and something else, which I don't know. And then they take this plasma and they put it in the in the knee. Wow. Mm, this I did, uh, I started doing it in Verona because after this famous doctor in Austria, I find the equivalent in Italy. <laughs> and I went to him and I say, well, these doctors say that, um, what do you think about? And he say, no, you will race. And so I decided like to believe in yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy choice. <laughs> so the, I did a surgery as well. And, and then he start with this plasma stuff. And then I keep on doing this plasma also in the, in Austria on the training center of Red Bull. And yeah, what else? Um, yeah. I was thinking to go to Lourdes. Uh, you know Lourdes? No. It's where the mother of Jesus appeared. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Please, God, save my knee. Oh, that's great. Well, okay, so let's let's go to 2019 because in, in, in many ways, uh, you know, from an outside perspective, 2019 was the race that I, I was just blown away with what you did because we had that walk together as we often do early in the race. And, and you were telling me that, you know, you're – your whole, you had a, an Alpinist supporter that year. You changed your team and you said, I'm not walking. I'm going to do the whole thing as an Alpinist. I'm going to camp high and I'm going to fly this whole damn thing. And you basically did. Uh, yeah. It was really yeah. a cool approach. And you told me at the end, you got to Monaco and you told me at the end, you walked 19K or something on the road. I, no, 40. 40. Yeah. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I had a lot of days where I did more than that just in a day on yeah. the road. <laughs> no, I did a really good X-Alps. Um, you know, the point was, I didn't know if I would be in the race one day, two days, three days. Yeah. Every day was a gift because uh, I didn't know what my knee will do. And definitely I know that I can't push on him. Yeah, I can do vertical meters. That I did a lot. Yeah. But even just walking, not running, running was not an option at all. Yeah. But even walking on the flat on asphalt was as well not an option. And the only time I had to do it, it was to Santillaire. 
And it was like a 21 kilometer push. And that was it. And then wow. I did a couple of two kilometer here and three there and whatever. Right. Um, There's that great footage of you walking out of the Geisberg, you know, yeah, yeah. dead last. And then you were still one of the top to the top. I mean, you, as soon as you get to the hill, you're you're just a lightning bolt. But yeah, you walked yeah. out of the Geisberg. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, but more funny is like the prologue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the story of the prologue? No, like, no, no, don't. I, I start the prologue and everyone is running away and I'm walking. So after one minute, I'm alone. Yeah. So I'm walking alone and I don't know where the the path to go on the prologue start is. So I'm a little bit lost. And then some guys of the organization, so I mean, not he saw me, I asked him, where do I have to go? And he sent me basically to the cable car because he was thinking I'm not racing. I'm just like a tourist there, you know. <laughs> That's so right. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting to the cable car station and I say to another guy, where should I go now? Where is the path? And he said, but are you an athlete? I say, yeah, I'm Aaron. <laughs> yes. And he said, but you are wrong. You can't take the cable car. You have to go the other way. And I said, what the fuck? The other guys told me I have to go here. Oh my so I did God. like another kilometer more. <laughs> And then I keep on walking all the asphalt street. And then we get finally on the ski slope, quite steep. And there I start to push. And I was, I think, six, seven. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah, this yeah, on yeah. Top. yeah. You beat me at the top, I think, that day. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> yeah, like up here, I'm strong. Um, yeah. Just um, I couldn't walk amazing. on the flat. But um, I mean, I think I was really lucky because... The weather of 219, it was the it was best great. weather yeah. we could have in the matter no that fern, it was no, no never wind. wind no. And if it's gonna was raining, it was just some light rain. It was not thunderstorm. Anywhere, anywhere so that, that year, anywhere you were, you could take off. I think that was the biggest luck I had to be in this situation with my need that I had to do this approach of not walking. But from the other side, having the weather, which give me the chance to do the race like I yeah. want to. Yeah. And actually, till the very end, again, I was like fighting for, I think, second, third, third or fourth place, something like this. And in the very end, I fuck it up like I'm uh, <laughs> normally doing because I decided to take a route which didn't work. And uh, and then, yeah, and then I had to walk. You told the story before. Actually, yeah, now I have a, a funny story about that night because... Again, I didn't want to walk on the asphalt. Yeah. So Eli, which was my supporter, and she will be on the X Alps next yeah. year as, a, as an athlete. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interviewing she, her in the morning. I told her, yeah, make me a route where the shortest, and uh, it can be up, down, whatever. Anyway, I have like uh, a strategy for the down because walking down was as well not an option for me. Yeah really not even a hundred vertical meter. Yeah. It was not an option. Yeah. So I basically walk everything up and on the way down, I have crutches. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. We had, <laughs> we had in the camper, we had crutches. <laughs> that is and awesome. I, I was thinking to my, to my supporter, be careful with this. No one has to see them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, well, that was the year. You've already told the story of the you, you were flying through Le Grave, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I, I also had an amazing flight through there. It was ODing and stuff, but at that point, I didn't care anymore. And but it was you were watching YouTube videos to stay yeah, awake. Yeah. But do you have any more? Do you have a, a a high from from 2019 that you remember like that? That was that was really special. I think that 2019 it was all in all like a good time. Like yeah. we often stop early. Uh, one of the best place ever I stopped. It was on the Aravis. After the Mont Blanc, we stopped just below the Aravis. I mean, just below the the, the cliffs. The so on the plateau, and we slept there on the camper with uh, the view of the Mont Blanc, like amazing. And basically, I was already on the takeoff. Means I wake up like at eight thirty. Yeah, I wake up at eight thirty. I had a massage from Tazio, and I walk like twenty minutes, and I was on the takeoff. Downside that day was super stable so super stable so normally the arabis you don't do one turn not not even one you just stick on the on the face and you just fly straight to santiler and that day was like a sauna yeah it was like up and down and doing hike and fly like to get to santiler and in the very end i had to walk this 20 21 kilometer I had an experience there. I was a day behind you guys there. We, we, Ben and I walked up to a perfect launch. I had, I had three or four flights getting out of Chamonix and getting down to this place. And we, it, we were putting, we were packing snow onto our balls and onto the back of our neck. It was so hot. And it was the same. It was a hundred degrees in the valley and it was a hundred degrees at the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. I've yeah, never yeah. seen anything like that in the haze. And yeah, it yeah. was just, it was, so, I think. In was, the Santiller Valley was about 40 degrees. And I remember that night I slept so bad. And oh. that's why it was the the flight after was the one. Know, I was YouTube again falling asleep and I started to watch YouTube videos to, to stay awake because it was really super hot. Like uh, It was incredible. Yeah. It, it, that was, the, it for me, that was the worst weather of all the X-Alps because mm. it was just, we got to this launch at 3 p.m. It was perfect. And I didn't get a single blip all yeah. the way to the valley floor. And then I walked 40K to St. Hilaire. It was just, it was just torture. I landed yeah. and went, I, I can't believe I just did all that work yeah, yeah. to do It was nowhere. a sauna. Oh, it was a sauna. Yeah, that was brutal. Okay, so 2021, the first time we don't go to Monaco, it's the yeah. out and back, and uh, you were having one. You were really in there. Yeah, uh, in 2021, I was already good on my knee. Yeah. So again, the strategy changed a bit because I could walk. Who's your team? Uh, Bruno, so this mountain guide, which would be my, my supporter So. On the next X Alps, it was Eli, yeah, which will be an athlete on the X Alps. And That's pretty then, cool that two of your supporters are yeah, going to be yeah. in it this year. Yeah. That's really cool. And then it was Daniele, uh, which is a photographer, and it was Tazio. And it was the year of the Lamborghini. So yeah. my supporter was uh, uh, driving quite a fancy car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you know this, but Tazio supported me yeah, in 2015 yeah, know, for a few days. It was yeah, great. I know. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, the 2021, um, it started okay. Like actually the very first day I was the beginning very good, then kind of average. I spent the first night uh, in a tent again uh, to Hi. be up. 
yeah, high. And then keep on going quite good uh, towards uh, Zugspitze. I think I was third, fourth, something like this. Uh, then I had the first super ugly flight from the Zugspitze. I mean, not the Zugspitze, but there most. Yeah. Um, yeah, there I was flying. I think it was the record of my speed. I had 110 kilometer an hour. Jeez. Uh, and not storm. in the stratosphere. No, no, it was not storm. It was just wind. Um, I was like 150 meter over the ground and I was flying 100 k's an hour. Jeez. So that was quite sketchy. Um, in the end valley? Or what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there I, I basically, it's this pass, Fern Pass, yeah. going down to the in valley and I fly this valley out and this wind just push me out but on the other side you had a mountain so again I turn myself before the mountain facing the wind flying backwards getting before the mountain I was catapulted in this in the stratosphere and I remember that was also quite uh, funny because at the beginning I was super low and I was scary and then I was getting too high I was scary as well (laughs) 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 And, and at the same time when I'm there and climbing with four or five meter and not seeing an end of climbing. I'm seeing towards my home place, Merano, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? Now I turn and I go home. <laughs> I don't want anymore. <laughs> but then, yeah, probably you see this video in the end. Then I landed in the valley flying backwards. It was quite a viral uh, video of yeah. my flying backwards and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I survived it. When I landed, I take like a 10 snooze and I say, what the fuck? Now I don't fly today for sure anymore. And I chill a bit and then I'm going to walk. Then the day after was a, one of the best days for me of, the, of that X-Alps. I, I took off with the idea I'm going to do a, a hike and fly towards St. Anton. And it turns uh, out that I land in Swiss. You're, you're trying to get to Santa's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, the first uh, to get incentives yeah. and I was the, the only one doing by flying. Ah. But where I took off, actually, it was funny. I really took off with nothing because I was thinking I'm going to just glide down. And I take off and, and I had a thermal. So I, okay, I, let's make this thermal up a little bit. Then I go forward and another thermal. I'm thinking, okay, start to be cold, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> I make that one too. And so then you've got I, no jacket, you've I, got nothing. Nothing. Just get your speed sleeves. And then I, I'm going to Santanton where I was supposed to walk there and taking off from there. And I'm passing Santanton. I'm thinking, what the fuck? So I'm calling my supporter. And I say, if I top land now here, can you bring me the stuff? Yeah, it's going to take two hours. And I say, oh, fuck. <laughs> The date's too good. <laughs> so you just kept so going. I keep on going. Actually, oh. no. I have to say the truth. I top land because I had to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I took off. And then I keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And I make it to the Santis. And wow. I make it to the Santis. So you thermaled all the way across the valley? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What, in, early in the morning? Uh, yeah, I took off, I don't know, at nine in the morning. Unbelievable. And, yeah, yeah. And Kriegel, Kriegel and Patrick was way in front of my, and they bombed, mm, going, I think, quite close to the Santis, and ju- just make it by flying. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. 
And then exactly like I felt, okay, this is some bad karma now came because it was too good. So I'm making the sentence by air and I have a convergence line in the direction I have to go. So I'm thinking, wow, I just keep on going, keep on going. And I see like literally disappearing this convergence just in front of my, so I'm going and bam, disappear. I'm going to the next one, disappear. And the next one disappear and I'm on the ground. And then I'm starting to walk and Kriegel and Patrick take off and fly just above my hand. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then, well, I, yeah, I keep on doing hike and fly because it was still early. Yeah. And then I had the first very sketchy, sketchy in a way, sketchy situation that day which uh, I basically miss an um, airspace. Uh, I don't know how it calls this valley in Swiss by three meters. Oh. And I remember when I landed, I took off, I take a screenshot of the XZ track just for me to double check because then like it was the same when I was uh, 18 years old. And I was in the school. I was really bad at school. Yeah. And when I did the, um, the, this to finish the school, you know, on, on the end of the high school, you have this big exam. Yeah. And in Italy, it's from zero to 100, 60, you are. You pass. You pass. And 59, you don't pass. 100, it's maximum. And I did this exam and I managed to get 60. <laughs> like... <laughs> 60, not 61, and not 59. Just barely. Yeah. And I remember that it was still like three weeks after I was still asking to my friend, are you sure I make it? Are you sure I make it? And so they took like, they, at the time it was not smartphone. So they take a copy of this, of this uh, paper, which was hanging on the school to show me, yeah, you take 60, you made it. it. The same thing was with this airspace. Basically I took off, it was coming a thunderstorm and it was starting to be late. And I say, no, no, I will make it. I will make it. I don't want to sleep up here, you know? And so uh, Eli told me, don't take off, sleep up there. We come there. You will fly for sure into the airspace. And I say, no, 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 I will make it. So I'm taking off being, of course, way too optimistic. And I get splashed down. And basically, the uh, the airspace, it's on the valley and touching a little bit the mountain. And I'm really splashed down, splashed down, go down, go down. And in the very end, I'm basically on the tree and the airspace, it's 100 meter, 90 meter, 50 meter, oh. 10 meter. Nowhere and on the last corner where the, the, the airspace ends, I managed by two meters to get out of it. <laughs> and landed? Or and landed oh. in the valley in, in a field. Oh, So <laughs> it was scary. But you did hit airspace, right? Later? But That's later. later. Okay, so keep, later. Go, keep going. Let's get to that. Let's yeah, to that. basically then the day after start really bad. I was sick super sick i don't know what i got but i basically vomit and i had diarrhea i was really bad and i had a long hike in front of my to a pass uh so i went super slow maxim overpassed me patrick krieger was already in front um 
got to this pass and there Where I was, are you now? I don't know how it calls this pass. It's it, before Andermatt. Okay, so you're still you're basically still going. Where, you're still where, going yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Basically, where Theo and Nicola crash. Ah, okay, okay. In Somewhere that valley there. with all yeah. the cables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I have the story of the cable. <laughs> ah, okay. So basically, first of all, I have to say I was lucky because then it came like a storm and start to rain really hard, and so no one can do nothing. And so I was in the camper and taking some tea and try to get better my stomach. And then stop rain, and I think I was with Benoit. Yeah, I was with Benoit, and um, we hiked like 50 meter over the pass. And basically, in front of us, it was some little rain, and in front of us was totally cloud cover. And I had some turning point where to fly, uh, basically where Patrick and Krieger was a side valley. And I say, yeah, I would make it. Maybe the the thickness, it's not so big. I, I, I'm always quite optimistic, so I took off. And then with Benoit, and then we fly, fly, fly into the, this valley. And then it's one little hole between all the clouds, and Benoit starts to spiral down. And I think, that's smart, but <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, Aaron, I love it. <laughs> That's so, what I should do, but I'm not going to do it. So I keep on going. And then I realize, okay, I'm now in the shit. I'm totally in the fog. I don't see nothing, literally nothing. And I know that I'm in a narrow valley in the Swiss, full of cable. And I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? <laughs> so I start to look at my phone. And luckily I had internet connection. So I'm putting the, um, no, actually not on my phone, but on my, well, on my phone, on the Naviter application, the CU. Yeah. And I'm starting to put the satellite picture and looking for uh, fields and press on it and see which glide ratio I need to get there. So I press one and it was too much, like 15 or 20. So I press another one, I press another one till I find one to glide ratio nine. I say, okay, this should be my one. And I'm flying totally blind. Jeez. Just looking at the Google Maps. Uh, <laughs> and okay, this nine should be good. So I'm follow following the arrow and I'm going, 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 going. Okay, I should be almost here. Bam, I landed. <laughs> what? Yes. You couldn't see the whole no. way to the ground? <laughs> <insane>. And then, <laughs> even worse, is that basically I land, I start to pack, I send my position. My guys make it super quickly there to me because there was a street going up and we start to walk up and little by little the sky is clearing up and I see I basically pass below one cable, next to another and above another. Jeez. So <laughs> just oh poor my. luck. Because <laughs> so, then you didn't see him. And then... <laughs> And then it was also funny because it was Benoit, Maxime and me. And basically, I think I was in the front of them. Yeah, I was, I think, in the front. Yeah, because, of course, Benoit did the spiral, yeah. the intelligent thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm actually going easy because before I was so sick. But then we see, okay, the weather, it's really ugly. It's going to be a shit flight. And I say to Bruno, yeah. I think we should take off first 
because if I will see them flying, I will be get scared. Yeah. So we get up. In the end, it was like racing to get up as first, but not because you have some advantage, just because you will not see what the other <laughs> will have as a shit flight. And so like this, we race, race, race. We arrive up. I open the glider. Bruno helped me a few, few things. And basically me and uh, Benoit took off together. And uh, Maxime was still not ready. And we took off and it was like super hardcore, like going up, collapse, down, collapse, up, down, up, down. And, and Bruno told me after that, yeah, Maxime, change a little bit the face <laughs> after. <laughs> oh, but yeah, then, yeah, then we keep on going. It was undermat, still rain. Then Were you I able did to some... fly? So the the Cable Valley, I can't remember what the the pass is really flat there. So that's where you're talking. You you flew on the other side where there's still all the cables. And yeah, but we fly in a side valley. Yeah, and, and so get you, you quite close to undermat. You went up into the Rhine from there. I don't know. That I... the Rhine is the descentist one. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no, we went, basically, I arrived fr to Andermatt from a highway in the end. Okay. We did this shitty flight, which was really shit, the first 500 meter or maybe a thousand. And down in the valley was okay. Oh. Uh, interesting wise. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I landed. I landed, I landed next to the highway, kind of, on a street anyway. And then walk to Andermatt. Then I did a hike and fly. Basically, I hike and on the mountain and Benoit was walking on the street. And in the end, I took off and planned exactly again to him. But I was happy because I didn't walk on the asphalt. So yeah. it was good. Then went to the Furka. Had this shit flight from the Furka down with this ugly, super ugly cloud uh, coming down from the... Snake. Uh, yeah, blah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, down the rain, for sure. It yeah. was raining as well. Uh, then get the next day to Fiesch. Was going so-so, not really good, but I was always in, in, the, in the leaders. Um, and then I had a very... The worst day in the, the day crossing the Mont Blanc, basically. And actually, in these X-Alps, I did everything quite good. I was quite happy with my performance, and I'm still happy. And I think I did just one real mistake, but I pay so much for it. Because I was the only one from the leaders which didn't make it over the Mont Blanc. Yeah. And this cost me one and a half day. Yeah. So... What was that? What, what happened there? Basically, I I took off uh, on the turning point, uh, this turning point close to the lake of yeah. Ginevra. Yeah. And then it was stable. I was with Simon Oberauner. Yeah. It was stable, but we was fighting and somehow I didn't fly bad. Getting to Samoa, there I had to do a little hike again, took off again. And then basically I didn't... Um, now I know. Now since I did the the Mont Blanc Air Tour, if I will have done the Mont Blanc Air Tour before these last X Alps, I will not do the same mistake I did. But basically for me, there was everything new. Eli tried to give me the direction, but sometimes me in the air, I, I, I can't understand what she mean exactly. And 
and in a way what it's not in my brain I can't figure it out in the air yeah so I ended ended up doing that what I know and I fly the Col de la Jolie which is the only thing in this era I know because yeah. on the past X Alps I always fly there yeah and it didn't work okay so basically it was a left or right the chisholm I took a right and it didn't work but even worse was that I <clears throat> I went to this mountain and I get really big sink become before getting into it and then I had like a soaring session and thinking okay I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it and then bam landed and a half an hour later like a 10 or 15 beginners with like a glider took off and they go in stratosphere <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, <laughs> that's really too much. <laughs> that's really too much. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my life. It's up and down. <laughs> I had an experience in the 2015 race. When you, when you three took off from the Bravant, I was back at the Coal, just about 20K back from you guys. And like you said, it was perfect. I mean, there was it was so easy to fly to Annecy and Annecy is a place I know really well. And I flew really fast to the Bravant and I saw you guys and I flew to the Aravie and there's clouds and I bomb on the backside of Plan Fay. And then I get eaten by two Rottweilers. Okay. And do you remember that day? There were three, 400 people in yeah. the sky. Everyone is flying yeah. around on a gliders and I'm, and I'm an ex Alps pilot and I'm getting eaten by dogs on the backside. <laughs> Just, cussing at myself I can't, what is that? oh it's amazing it's amazing yeah. okay so you, then you had to walk around Mont Blanc yeah like, I over had the to pass walk, where everybody else but did. I have to say okay that day I was really sad almost sad in a way sad like today for example when I bombed really yeah. sad but then somehow you know you think okay life it's going on and the race it's going on and so I tried to enjoy and actually enjoy because I did basically part of the ultra trail yeah. of the, the course of the race. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then I came to the Italian side and was looking for a good pizza. So I find little by little my motivation and, and I keep on going. And actually I was again racing hard and I was, I was happy. Yeah. I know that I will for sure not win anymore. I know that. I will not get the first three, four guys because they are way too in front. I lose one and a half day. But I find my motivation to keep on racing. And I'm racing, racing, racing. And then and then I hit the airspace. <laughs> and, uh, and there, well, it was quite, I don't know. That's I, the Locarno airspace. In Locarno. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about airspace. Ailey just make everything for me. And on the takeoff, she explained me and she say that I have to fly like this and this. But in the end, end up that either I fly into this airspace or I land into the trees. Because normally this airspace, it's like if you stay 50 meter next to the mountain, you can fly under it. Uh, AGL 50 meter or something like this. You can fly it. Yep. So like this, it's thinked already the airspace, but actually on Xalps file was uh, all the way, to the, trees. All, all all the way, way down. down. 
And so basically I see this, the, the instrument tell me you can't go there, but on this side I had only three. I, I either go in or land in the tree. And I went in a, and again for just a couple of meters. Yeah. But in the end, yeah, somehow karma, like I missed one for two meters and I hit the other for yeah. two meters. Ugh. But it, it was really yeah. no other way. I mean, when I landed, I say, okay, you want to be in the tree? No, you don't want to be in the tree. Yeah. You are safe. It's good. good. All good. So then we keep on going because it wasn't un unsure if they give me penalty or not. So I keep on racing. Um, till in the end, they told me, okay, if you take the night pass, then you will get it the day after, whatever. So basically, I know it that my race will end up one day before the others. Yeah. And so I keep on racing. And then finally, I managed to get to my home place. And that was fantastic because... I did a hardcore flight towards my home place. Then I arrived in my home place. It was terrible weather. And I did a flight, which probably I will never do in my life with this shit wind and whatever it was that day. But it was cool because I see my place in the race and with the weather, I totally will way. Yeah, never go to fly otherwise, you know? Yeah. So that day I fly super good. And I end up my race, uh, I think I was fifth or sixth. But then, yeah, then I had, then to, had stop. to wait. Yeah, then you had to I stop. basically ended, yeah. And that's that's also like, again, karma shit. Uh, like, okay, I'm racing and going, going, going as fast as I can and take the best thermal. And, and then I'm looking at the clock, it's 5.30. And my race was stopping at 5.30. Yeah. And... And then I'm in this valley just behind Kronplatz. And I say, okay, it's 5.30, I have to go to land. And I'm going in the middle of the valley and it's just climbing everywhere. Just like literally off, just everywhere, like two meter constant everywhere. Got, and I had anything. to spiral a oh. half an hour to go land. Oh. And again, a school of German full the sky of a glider just cruising everywhere and i'm there spiraling down to land you know <laughs> oh it just crushes your heart yeah. oh my god you could have just top landed chrome plats and kept going i was thinking to just turn off the life tracker and and do it by myself just keep going but i was also tired in a way when you finish this adrenaline of the of the race and I say, well, what the fuck? You go tomorrow in the swimming pool. I was half an hour from, one hour from my home place. Yeah. So in the end, that night, I sleep still there with the team. We took a hotel. And the day after, I went to my home. And I even didn't went to the prize ceremony because I didn't have any taste to drive four hours yeah. if I'm already home, you know? Yeah, you're home. So, it's kind of neat to finish at home. Um I got to ask, so the, so five of these, we talked about this a bit at the X Red Rocks when you came out for there, but um, I think when people listen to this, they think, God, the risk that these guys are taking, you know, the flying in the cloud and all that. How, does that change for you over the years? I, I, mean, I remember you and I did some training together in the 2015 race and you launched that place where we were just training and I thought, geez, that's a risky, you know, was, I don't know if you remember that. We were uh, up, up near where Toma got 
ah, crashed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really pretty wild air yeah, and yeah. stuff, and you know, but uh, you seem to really thrive on that side of it. The the twenty one, I I had that, in, but in the twenty one race, the weather was so brutal. There were so many times where it was just, you know, you're in the for me in the air. It's okay. It's it's not okay. It's not a recreational day by any means. It's you know, there's lightning and all the stuff going on, and you know, I would land and two minutes later it would just be. If I'd been in the sky, it would have been a serious problem. Yeah, know, just yeah. incredible rain or thunder and brutal. Well, after the last race and by the, the last days of the race, I was thinking, I think we are getting, or me at least, just me. I don't speak for the other, but I'm getting a little bit uh, too much on the edge. Like I calculate with my team's uh, mate. Uh, that I had like 12 or 13, I don't remember, 12 or 13 situation where I could badly hurt myself during a 12 days race. Yeah. So it's too much. I mean, not even Formula One or MotoGP pilot and they got million of euros yeah. uh, risk so much. Yeah. So I think personally that uh, when I'm out of the race, I try to think that it's stupid sometimes to risk so much. But the problem is that when you are in the race, you think different. And what I think and what I hope is that somehow this kind of a race like X-Alps, we can try to make it a little bit more safe by, for example, making a little bit longer rest period. Yeah. Because for example, on the Dolomiti Superfly I did this year, it was also brutal weather. Um, in the end, I was three days racing because we fly with every weather. Nowadays, a bit thanks to the glider, a bit thanks to the pilot skill, it doesn't exist a weather you don't fly anymore. Yeah. You fly everything. Yeah. And so we had a first day really nice, safe and everything and a second and a third day like super hardcore like really really hardcore yeah. like 60 k of wind on 3000 meter for a paraglider it's too much yeah. <laughs> but we fly and we was super efficient and and we closed the race it was a 400 kilometer it was yeah. not that short yeah. and we make it in a three days not even basically two and a half day yeah uh but on the dolomiti superfly we we had way longer rest period and at least i felt when i'm going flying i'm You're fresh fresh <clears throat> yeah and uh it's something kriegel's been pushing the organization every year but they never do it it's never changed i think uh, we as an athlete has to do something because otherwise i don't know well it's it's because you can't forbid the fly yeah this it's impossible yeah it's against every concept of this race. adventure race. But um, otherwise, another option would be just, in my eyes, to don't give any time. Just yeah. make it 24 hours. Yeah. And then every athlete will find his uh, best um, resting period. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, it helps. It's tough. I mean, it's 10.30 in the night and 5 in the morning. Yeah. And for sure, like, 
if it's like and that's 2000, when you're starting it's not yeah. you're not going to bed yeah, at 10 yeah. 30 you're not starting yeah, you're not waking up at five for me was because i have always in the last x helps a doctor with me which uh, treat my knee and also sometimes back or whatever and so it was very rare that it was since i stopped uh, at least one hour oh yeah That was like standard. Yeah, I do the rollout and the whole thing and the stretching and a little bit of talking with the team and then you go to bed and then in the morning you're you're up at four. So, yeah, it becomes like four hours of sleeping for 12 days. It's it's very little. I've often thought, is is that part of the – there's a lot of things that are addictive about the race that are just so compelling and – Part of it for me has has been that headspace. I can't fly like that rec- just normally. I would land. But just be this is ridiculous. I'm not going to fly in 60k an hour training. You know that would be stupid. But in the race, you do it every day. Yeah, yeah. Over and over and over, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And you got it. You've got those moves. And you're going to pull it off. It's weird. It's just strange. It's, yeah, it's, it's an incredible uh, headspace that you yeah. get in. And then the, the race is over and the headspace is gone. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yeah. In a way, during the race, you are a different person. You're a different person. Yeah. yeah. So I want to finish on looking forward to this one. Uh, you, you you, and I had a good talk about this The after you won the X Red Rocks this year. You're going to go into it with a bit different approach. Yeah, like... This time I'm gonna have uh, two supporter uh, like Bruno and uh, another Alpine guide, which is a good friend of Bruno and becomes a good friend of mine as well, um, which is uh, Federico. Uh, and they are both flying, but they are not like competition pilot. They are not cross country pilot. They are flying. Yeah. So. The approach is basically that I will have to take all the decisions by myself with the idea behind of, uh, yeah, like I'm flying 20 years and I have a lot of experience and in every competition so far I want want to win, I manage to win. Uh, But uh, I never do normally team competition where I have a team and I have someone which, which can actually help me a lot mm-hmm. but maybe this uh, it bring me also a bit away from what I am mm-hmm. and from my ideas and it's when I had Andra and Eli they give me like the perfect support you can wish but maybe I don't I, know, I don't need this mm. but I'm not sure so yeah. On the Dolomiti Superfly, we tried. So basically, they support me on the ground. And uh, once Bruno give me, I ask him, give me a, a takeoff somewhere there, and he finds something. But otherwise, I was taking my decision by myself. Everything, actually. But the difference is the Dolomiti Superfly was shorter. And a good, let's say a half of it, I know it. Yeah. Because it's close to my home place, the X Alps, uh, three fourth of it, I don't know. Yeah. So it's gonna be different. Uh, but I wanna try. So, yeah. I mean, the other ways I already try, and this way it's something new. So give me motivation to try different. Because sure. otherwise I will also run out of motivation. You know, if I don't change something. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. We'll see. What a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. That was a lot of fun. Let's go. Let's go to the awards and uh, show our respects there. And thanks for sharing these stories, man. That was awesome. Super Thank you, fun. Kevin. Always a pleasure. All right, bud. Thanks. If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So for example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription and it makes all of this possible. Uh, I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people, and these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, a little video cast that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear. We don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us then just let me know and i'll set you up with an account of course that'll be lifetime and hopefully and you're being in a position someday to be able to support us but you'll find all that on the website uh all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you (laughs) 